This is the Byron Bledsoe Podcast, Senior Pastor of C3 Church in Orlando, Florida. Thank you so much for checking out today's message. We hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. I'm one of those people, I have a very hard time being in the moment. I, I get easily distracted, but more than that, my, my brain is usually running several days, if not weeks or months or years ahead of me. Like, I, I'm just thinking about the future and how, what can we do about this and how do we improve that and what about this? And, and so um, I have found it over the last few weeks challenging to be here without being there and thinking about what's next and thinking about what's coming. And that's a good thing, but what's coming. But I think, I think God has something he wants to say to us about living fully in the moment. It's the first miracle Jesus would perform. He's at a wedding and they run out of wine and so his mother comes to him and says, hey, make some wine, do something. And he tells some of the people around him, he says, go, go grab some jars for me. And these weren't like jars. These were jars. It's estimated by biblical scholars they were around 30 gallons each. They bring them back, and we pick it up, John chapter 2, verse 8. We're dropping into this story. And they did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not recognize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved, and a lot of us, if you grew up in church, we remember this passage, a lot of us, I don't know about you, but me, in my mind it says you have saved the best until last. But that's not what it says. It says you have saved the best till now. It's not last, it's now. Have you ever thought about the power of now? And do we live so much in later that we spend a lot of time missing what could be now? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the fact that it is our, our authority. It's foundational to our faith. It is your living, breathing word. And so I pray this morning, as we look at your word and as we celebrate, God, what you've done in this place, as we celebrate this moment, yes, anticipating other moments, but God, fully being in and celebrating this moment. I pray you would have your way in each of our lives. I pray you would sink your word deep into our souls. And I pray we would respond in that individual way to what you ask each of us to do this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Please be seated. If you're a guest this morning, I want to add to what Barry said earlier and also say to you, welcome. We are thrilled you're here. You've come on a, a unique day. Today is our last day at this location. Next Sunday, yeah, that's awesome. Next Sunday, next Sunday we will not have any gatherings we're going to be working with our teams and our band and tech team and others doing some training at the new campus to prepare for November the 7th. So next Sunday, enjoy your family, enjoy friends. It's Halloween. Uh, just have a blast. 
But then the following Sunday, November 7th, you, <laughs> you don't want to miss November 7th. Well, how, how do I know where to go? Well, I got a feeling most of you already know, but uh, today, later today, the new address will go up on the website. All of that will be there. There will be all the details. If you know where the Harley-Davidson dealership is on Lake Underhill, it's, it's really close to that. And so uh, it's, it's like 11 to 12 minutes from here. And so it's an easy like Sunday morning drive. It's not a big deal. But this morning, I've tried to be very intentional in the conversations and walking through. I just, I wanted to feel every moment of this morning. Because in my personality, I don't do that. I, I'm always on to what's next. I'm thinking about the future. I'm engaged with uh, the strategy and the plan and how do we do this and what do we do? And, and I just got to tell you, trying to turn a campus around in five weeks, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so that has consumed a lot. But I was looking at this passage and I read some things from a couple other pastor friends and I, I was thinking, man, this, this really speaks to where we are. And the thing that's striking to me as I read this passage this week was, was not the miraculous, not, not the miracle of water to wine. We, we know that. We're familiar with that. It was the one phrase, save the best till now. What if that phrase is not accidental? What if that phrase in Scripture, the breath of God, what, what if God intentionally placed those words in that way to speak to you, to speak to me right now today because it's the living word of God and, and has a message about the, the best being available now, not later, now. What, what if it could mean that your best day, my best day could be right now? What, what if it means that this moment, this moment right now, we just stood together and read the word of God, we're in this room together this moment that in so many ways is a holy moment because the Spirit of God is here? What if this moment right now matters more than any of us could ever imagine? Now, for some of you, it's, it, it's hard to believe that your best day could be right now. You look at the circumstances of your life, and it feels like you're living, perhaps, some of you in your worst days. The pain that you feel, the, the choices that you have, the bills that you're trying to ignore, the relationships that you're holding on to that you know are not benefiting your life. It, it doesn't feel like the best. But ever notice when you scan the pages of Scripture, often, often we find in the Word of God, the best moments come at the worst times. Have you ever noticed that? Just because your life may be challenging, just because there may be some things that you're navigating and wrestling through and dealing with does not mean that God is unable to bring best into even your moment right now, no matter what you're walking through. I think about Luke chapter 18, Jesus is walking into Jericho, and there's a beggar there who's blind. He's been blind his whole life, Bartimaeus, and he shouts out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy. And Jesus is entering the town. Certainly, this is the Son of God. He has to have stuff on his mind. He, he's walking through his creation. And, and as he's doing that, we learn later in chapter 19, he was just going to be passing through Jericho. But as he's going in, he's, he's interrupted 
And notice how he responds. The disciples scold this blind guy, but Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? I think Jesus, the Son of God, had a unique ability to be fully in the moment. With all that's happening, and he's just going to be passing through, he's, he's interrupted. And you and I look at interruptions often in life as disruptions when Jesus looked at it as an opportunity. He's interrupted by this blind guy, and he gives him his full attention and says, what do you want me to do? And in that moment, the most important person to the world, I believe, in the world to Jesus was that guy. He allowed somebody to interrupt him that no one else would consider. He allowed somebody to interrupt him that no one else would give the time of day to. He allowed somebody to cause him to stop when for this man, every day of his life, people just passed by. He helped this guy feel special. He helped him know that he mattered. Jesus stopped for a guy that mattered to no one. And in his worst moments, the life he's lived, the struggle he's had, he will begin to live his best days because of an encounter with Jesus that changes everything about who he is. Then you move from 18 into 19 in, in the Gospel of Luke, and we read these words in Luke 19, verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through, and a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. Jericho was was not a destination this day. Jesus' intention was just to pass through. He's interrupted by a blind beggar who has nothing, and now he's interrupted by someone who is very wealthy, corrupt but wealthy, he has everything, and Jesus has no problem being interrupted by either one of them and pausing and giving them his full attention because he was passing through Jericho. Well, if he's passing through, he has a destination somewhere else, but the destination was not so consuming that he missed the moment and the opportunity to engage with people that needed him. Now, I don't know about you, but so often in life, the destination of the day, the destination of the direction of what we want to accomplish in our family, the, the destination of what season it is and what, what, what's it look like, all of that can become so consuming that we miss what seem like interruptions but are really opportunities to make a difference in somebody's life. And what I love about Jesus, it doesn't matter if you're broke, busted, and disgusted and have nothing, or, or if you're incredibly wealthy and corrupt and you've ripped people off and nobody likes you, it doesn't matter if you have nothing or you have everything, he's going to give you the same attention. I don't think it's accidental. In the Gospel of Luke, in chapter 18, it's someone who has nothing. You move into chapter 19, very next verses, it's someone who has everything, and he pauses for both. I think God put that that way on purpose to remind us that no matter who you are, how much you have or how much you don't have, how, how broken you feel like you are or how much you're trying to hide and cover, no matter who you are, Jesus will give you his full attention. Even though he was just passing through on his way to somewhere else, he was always present in the moment. Are, are you here? Like right now, are you here? Because some of you were here when they were singing but I walk out, you know, one of the things I know every single week, 
there's going to be a moment where I lose some of you. You're here, but you're not here. Your mind is not where your body is. And you're thinking about, nobody's thinking about football because Dallas doesn't play today. They have a bye week. But you're, you're, thinking, about, you're thinking about lunch or you're thinking about what you've got to do later today or you're thinking about this week. Or some of you, some of you it, it's, it's, it's been like five minutes and you haven't checked your Instagram. And something could have happened in the world that you really need to know about. And something could be, and, and you just, you get this kind of twitch. I just, I'm just going to check it real quick. And, and you leave us for a moment. We live in a world and a culture where we are rapidly losing the ability to be fully in the moment. You're on a date night with your spouse and you're there, but you're not there. You're at the family dinner table and you're there, but you're not there. You're in the meeting at the office and you're there, but you're not there. You're driving your car home and you're there, but you're not there. Harvard did a study and said that 47% of the time, our mind is not where our feet are. 47% of the time, we are mentally somewhere else. 47% of the time when you're hanging out with your spouse or whoever you're dating, 47% of the time when you're with your friends, 47% of the time in the office, whether your office or the boardroom, 47% of the time when you're driving, 47% of the time with your kids, 47% of the time on average, we're there, but we're not there. And our mind, I don't know about you, my mind can go to pointless things, things that don't even matter. And one of the things that distracts us, one of the things that takes us out of the moment, the average cell phone user, I, I'm not against cell phones, I have one, but the average cell phone user touches their phone 2,617 times a day. 2,617 times a day. The top 10%, like if you consider yourself above average, maybe you're the top 10%, they touch their phone more than 5,400 times a day. That's nasty. You need to wash your hands and you need to wash that phone. But our phones, think about how much of the time you can be, I've been with people in the middle of a deep conversation and all of a sudden, I've looked up at times, and listen, other people have looked up and found me doing this, but I've looked up at times in a gathering, we'll be talking, and I'll look up, and I'll know, okay, everybody in this room is on their phone right now. <laughs> like, like, we're sitting in the family room, but there ain't no family. Everybody's doing this. It's a hard thing to, to try to be in the moment, but, but what are we missing? Because we think we're missing something, we're really missing something. Moments that will never come back. This morning, we'll never come back. We will never be in this moment again. Whether we were changing locations or not, this moment will never come back. So how often do we reach for our phones or reach for that thought, sending our mind on a journey far away, missing what we will actually miss later? I remember when our kids were little, you'd go into their rooms and um, sometimes you couldn't see the floor. <laughs> I mean, there, there, there are toys everywhere, there's stuff everywhere. You had to go pick up your laundry and, and that's just when Angie's talking to me. But, but sometimes with the kids, we'd have to, 
We'd have to continually do that. And I remember, I remember, and if you're a parent, you can relate to this. I've heard other people talk about this. You think, man, will, will we ever have a house without stuff all over the floor like that? I now live in a house pretty much with nothing on the floor like that. And you know what's crazy? I miss those days. Because what's going to happen if you're a parent? You're going to blink and it's going to be over. You'll have a clean house. But it's crazy. You'll, you'll miss what was. Because life passes by so quickly. And, and we get so locked into the next weekend, the next birthday, the next vacation, the next thing we're doing. We live life from mountaintop to mountaintop, and in the valleys, all we do is miss the valley and focus on the mountaintop, but sometimes the valleys are not valleys. Sometimes there's a stream down there that could be refreshing that you're going to miss because all you're thinking about is the next mountaintop. We get in this game of learning to live life, always hoping for what's next. I've, I've I've tried to force myself to be engaged in these weeks, being excited about what's coming and excited about what God's doing, and there's nothing wrong with that. We should be. We should celebrate what God is doing and what God has for us in our future, but we should also celebrate what God's doing right now. But we, we tend to get in this pattern where we think when, when we're a kid, I remember when I was in elementary school, man, I can't wait till I get to middle school. When I get to middle school, and then it was when I get to high school, and then it was, man, when I graduate, and then when I graduate, man, when I get to college, after college, when I, when I get married, when we have kids, when they're not in diapers anymore, oh my gosh, when they, when they leave home and they build their own lives and we're able to be still connected and great friends with our kids and watch them live significant lives, but, but they moved into that stage, and man, when we get there, we've got plans, and it, it went from when they're in diapers to then you start thinking, when I get in diapers, they're going to have to take care of me, and, and you just, you constantly, you constantly think about the next season. We're, we're wired to be, in some ways, distracted by what's around us, because we spend a lot of emotional energy living in the future and very little energy living in right now. So why do we spend so much of our lives wishing away the moment that we're living in? We often miss what we have now because we're consumed with what we want later. For some of us, it's hard to be present in the moment. Some of you play that game about mentally thinking about the next stage or what's coming next. Others of you, your mind goes down a different path. Well, what if... What, what if we can't take that trip? What if, what if my kid doesn't get good grades? What, what if they can't get into the right college? And if they don't get in the right college, what if they don't have a good income? And what if that makes them not very appealing? What if, what if because of that they marry the wrong person? And, and what, what then happens like if, if, if I end up having the wrong grandkids? What does that even look like? And what, what is my life going to be like when they struggle? And then what if, what if, what if what happens with COVID, Leslie, we begin to try to pull out of this, what if, what if something like that happens again? And we get so caught up living in a world that doesn't even exist that we miss living in the world that God put us strategically in for this moment. I think of Matthew chapter 6. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, 
for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. God is not against planning. God is not against preparing. You look at the scripture, God is all about planning and preparing. He's not saying don't plan. He's saying don't worry. And so often what takes us out of the moment is worrying about what's in the future, worrying about what's coming next, worrying about what might happen, worrying about what could happen, worrying, thinking, processing about what we want to happen. The only way to be fully in the present in this moment is to let go of the past you can't change and trust God with a future you can't control. If God can redeem your past, if God can forgive you and forgive me for our past, the things that weigh us down, the things that we wish we had a do-over, the things that we wish we could go back, the things that we are ashamed of, if God is loving and has the ability to forgive because of what Jesus did on the cross, dying for us, shedding his blood for your sin and for my sin, and God has a way of taking care of all of that and redeeming us because of Jesus, and then if God also is big enough and good enough that he's already been into my future, and as long as I trust him and I follow him, everything about the future, it's in God's hands, it's going to be okay. When he has taken care of my past and prepared for my future, I'm able to fully be in this moment. Neither one has to overtake my mind. James chapter 4 says, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city. <laughs> Spend a year here. D do you remember how the world changed like that about a year and a half ago? Some of you had vacations planned, cruises planned. Some of you were just thinking, God, you weren't on a cruise ship when all that happened. Everything unraveled. Angie and I were with family. We were in Tennessee. And I remember when I, I began to watch the news and hear and talk with the team back here in Orlando, and I remember thinking, okay, this, this will be a week or two. It'll be a week or two. <laughs> I had no idea. But there are a lot of things about your future and my future that we have no idea. So notice what James writes. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city. Spend a year there. Carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? And our life is something we never live unless we learn to live fully in the moment. The Bible says in Psalm 118, this is the day. Right now, this is the day the Lord has made. God made this day. God knew before time began that you would be in this room today. God knew what he would have us look at in scripture today. It is not important that I'm here. What's important is that you're here and God wants to do something in your life. This is the day that the Lord has made. And life is the fullest and we experience the fullness of life when we are fully present. Don't miss what you have now because you're consumed with what you want later. So as a church, yes, we're excited about the future. Yes, we can't wait for the future. There's a lot of enthusiasm. There's a lot of anticipation. Those are not bad things. We're looking forward to November 7th, gathering for the first time at our new campus. And, and God has blessed us in so many ways with what he's done and, and the journey of getting that location and, and so many things God is doing. And we're coming that day and we're, we're bringing our pledge card to I Will So We Can and we're bringing the first and best offering. If you're a part of C3, you know about that. If you're not a part of C3, you don't need to feel any obligation to that but it's gonna put us in a position to be stronger to help more people because there are over 540,000 people within 15 minutes of that campus and, and we're excited about that and we know those details and, and, and we're, we're looking forward to it but I don't 
I don't want to miss anything. I want to experience everything about this moment, this place, and all that God's done. Some of you I met right here. Some of you I met in this room, out under that breezeway, out in that courtyard. I met you here. Some of you, over 1,300, met Jesus in this room. Some things have happened here that are worth celebrating. For some of you, God answered a prayer that you've been praying for a long time in this room. For some of you, God restored your marriage in this room. For some of you, God got you through a difficult divorce in this room. Some of you learned to trust God more in this room. Your faith grew in this room. Some of you stepped into a life of greater significance when you made a decision in this room and you began serving, loving God and loving others in a tangible way. Some of you, it was here, this room, where you learned to put Jesus first financially, and it changed your faith and grew your faith. Some of you, you've become a better parent in this room. All of you. I love you more because of what's happened in this room. And this chapter is closing today. And we're moving into a new season. And yes, God is going to do great things. And we're going to reach more people and help more people than ever before. And we're excited, but we're not there yet. This moment, right now, is there anything in your life that you know God is speaking to you or God is showing you? Anything that God would say, hey, you need to pray about this, you need to forgive that person, you need to, you need to think about this, you need to change that habit, you need to work on this. If God could sit down and just have, have a personal conversation with you, this moment is for that. A lot of things have happened in this room. I will forever be grateful for this room and the moments we've shared in this room. But one of the greatest things about this room is this moment. Because today, if you don't know God in a personal way, today, you can meet God right here in this room in this moment. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. Today. Your best day literally can be right now, this moment. I want to invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here this morning and in the fullness of this moment, you recognize, man, I, I can't say that I know God in a personal way. I, I know about God, but, but I've never really committed my life to Jesus. Scripture says today, now is the time. This, 
this moment right now is just for you. And this moment right now matters more than any other moment in your life. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you'd say, man, I, I want to settle that today. I want to invite Jesus to come into my life, forgive my sins. I want him to be my Lord. I, I know that's what I need to do. I want to pray a very simple prayer. And as I pray that prayer, I want to invite you to just repeat that prayer. Pray that prayer with me. You can pray it out loud or you can pray it in the quietness of your heart. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6 that Jesus knows even our thoughts. But if you'd like this moment to be the moment that creates a momentum of grace and mercy, a forgiveness in the presence of God in your life, if you've never given your life to Jesus, just pray this prayer. Dear God, I know that I need you. Jesus, please come into my life. Forgive my sin. And help me to live for you. As best I know how, I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you look at me a second? If you just prayed that prayer, I would love, I'd love to know that. I want to invite you to grab your cell phone. It's one of your 2,600 times today. Grab your cell phone and shoot me a text. Just put your first name. Just your first name and send it to 407-487-8311. The reason I ask you to do that is I'll get that text. I'll get that list of names this afternoon, and I would love to be able to pray for you by name today. I'd love to have a moment, fully in the moment, being able to pray for you by name today and each day this week. So please shoot me that text. And church... This moment is special, but it's also not wrong to be excited about the future God has for us at the same time. So November the 7th, I will so we can. You bring your pledge card. I, I've been praying for you. You're praying each day about what God would have you give over and above. You bring that on the 7th and your first best offering. Invite friends. It's going to be amazing. But Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done in this room, in these moments. Thank you that you're not confined to space and the weather we meet in a high school or anywhere else. You meet with us as individuals. Thank you that even in a crowd, you speak to us as individuals. And Father, I pray your blessings on the future. God, I pray you'd use C3 in a powerful way to impact lives like never before, to see people meet you, you become their savior, to see marriages restored, relationships healed, parents encouraged, kids find significance living a life in you. God, I pray you would do beyond anything we could imagine. Father, I pray even now for the next church that's going to occupy this space. I pray you would give them some incredible moments I pray you would help them reach more people than they've ever reached. And God, I pray you'd bless them as well. Thank you for the way you love us. In Jesus' name.